Next guest is really cool. This is uh, way outside of his comfort zone. He does not do this. I am super lucky that I've known this guy for a long time and he actually said no first, but then said yes. So uh, just throwing that out there to uh, put a preface on this little interview. Um, I will let this person introduce himself, uh, name and his role right now. Hey, I'm Kurt Christensen. I'm one of the owners of BoCycle. Uh, I'm the sales director currently till they change it <laughs> but that's what i'm doing right now cool man and um you know both cycles obviously an iconic place in calgary uh, my family's been going there forever um so anyway super cool that you took the time to do this um i'm really looking forward to this one so the gist of the show is i just asked ask the guests to kind of go back you know talk about you know how they're you know what inspired them growing up you know, you don't have to go back to elementary school. You go back as far as you want to go, whether it's junior high or high school and, and what you're interested in back then. Because all, all I'm trying to do is paint a picture of what you've been doing for the last, you know, X amount of years of your life. So um, I'm going to prod you along. So Giddy up. take it back as, as, uh, as far back as you want to go, whether it's just kind of what you're interested in. And um, I'm going to uh, jab you with different questions. Fair enough. Uh, grew up in Calgary my whole life. See, uh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Born and raised. Yeah. What part of the city? Grew up in Cambrian Heights. Okay. Cool. And uh, Cambrian Heights Elementary. And then uh, Colonel Irvin, James Fowler. Okay. Yeah. And Did loved you? riding some BMX bikes back in uh, junior high and had my factory Kuahara. Was it red? No, it was black and, black and gold. What? My oh. friend Terry had the chrome one which with blue no which was forty dollars more than mine and it was awesome what the was the cool hard back then they have weird wheels were they like plastic like five spokes or were uh, they like i was a skyway tough wheel guy but when i bought that bike originally it was alloy wheels uh gold snake tires snake skin tires oh yeah yeah irc something tires yeah crazy yeah so it was awesome so your biking biking was a thing early uh yeah but just like messing around like all of us kids it was like a mode of transportation and we could goof around wherever yeah it was funny i we went to a i went to, to victoria on a family trip and we took a ferry down to the u.s and there was a bike shop down there that had some bmx's that were pretty high end and I was just blown away at how light they were. And then that just sort of sparked it within me. And, you know, I was kind of, I wanted to see what was out there and then got back to Calgary and did some homework and I found the Kuaharas at Ridley's and okay. uh, bought the bike with my friend Terry and awesome. it was super fun. Um, where'd you go, Seattle? I can't, no, it was, uh, like a ferry from like Vancouver, just no. Down. It was from Victoria to oh. I can't remember the name <laughs> of the city. It's like it's actually where Kona Mountain Bikes has their headquarters oh, now. Like so, it's all it's all connected now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, 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 yeah, now that like, you think about it, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> did you um, when you were growing up? Did you play sports like uh, junior high, high school sports, or was uh, it? Yeah, I've always played sports: baseball, hockey, uh, football, a little bit in high school. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what what was, after you finished high school, did you actually go to university? Nope. So you joined I, the club. I took some time. 
I was a waiter at the Sheraton Cavalier. Actually, I was a busboy at the Sheraton Cavalier for, and then I, uh, well, I started there when I was 16. And then when I turned 18, I turned, uh, graduated to being a waiter there and, uh, did the service industry for a long time. And mm-hmm. then, um, a long, like, like came along. Yes. So this is, so Kurt and I, we probably start crossing paths when I started going to nightclubs underage, 17, going to the Republic. And, uh, that's how we first kind of met. So that was, well, a long time ago, 25, I don't even know, 25, 26 years ago. And so were you, when you, when you graduated high school, did you know right away that you didn't want to go to university? Was there nothing that was calling you or what were you? Uh, I've really had no idea what I wanted to do after high school. And it was, it was super frustrating. Absolutely. Do you think when you're in high school, um, and there was nothing really calling you. I remember going to counselors and sitting in the counselor's room and, and the guidance counselor, not like the shrink counselor, the guidance counselor. And, and just, and we're talking about what I should do next. You know, what courses I should take at university. I'm like, well, nothing interests me. But they had no answer back then. There was no options. Yeah, it was, uh, I remember talking to one lady and she, her heart went out to me. And she's like, I can tell that you're a guy that wants to do something and do something well, but just there's no direction to try and find where that is and yep so just kind of meandered my way through the service industry and yep it just and what what made you go there first because you spent a lot of time there so i'm really curious oh, to yeah. see to, uh, i'm really curious to see what, okay, what so made was, you go there okay first. so i was in james fowler and my best friend neil wells was a <laughs> bus boy at the sheraton cavalier and he's like i think i can get you a job man and i'm like okay wicked so I met, I met the boss, Phil Hills, at uh, the Sheraton Cavalier at uh, the dining room there, and I became a busboy. And I think probably about, I don't know, two or three months in, Phil Hill said to me, you know what, maybe this isn't the right direction for you. You'd be good as a warehouse worker or something because you could probably lift some big boxes and... <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then, and then he wasn't wrong. Yeah, yeah. And then finally it clicked and I became a good bus boy and yep. got it. And, yep. you know, became a waiter there and oh. employee of the month oh, at, you- the, at the whole hotel, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so it did click eventually, but. Yep. And, and how long, was it years there or was it? Mm, yeah, I was there for probably five, six years. Oh, so it's a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, so you're, you know, you're done, you're done high school trying to figure something out. Now you've worked somewhere for five years and, and, and what's, are you, yeah. th- are you thinking like, I don't know, this is, this is the job, this is the thing. Are you still thinking about what's next or what's, well, what's out was, there? I was like, well, this is a job for now type thing. And, yep. and then actually it was my high school graduation. I went to the beach which is kind of a, the predecessor to Republic. No way. The beach was on 8th Avenue and wow, Victor's father-in-law owned that place. And it was the first alternative bar in Calgary. And I got snuck in there with my buddies that were 18, 19, mm-hmm. 20 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I discovered alternative and the beach 
so much fun, man. <laughs> so, so much fun. What was your, um, I forgot about the music piece to you. Um, what was the music? What was the music that was grabbing you back then? Because alternative was kind of a new kind of. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. What, what yeah, was absolutely. what was the thing when I think of the when I got first introduced to alternative it was like Bad Religion, No Effects. Nah, but you're, was, you're, you're before me. Like, you're before this me. This is more like Cure, mm. uh, Ramones, mm -hmm. uh, Tears of Fears. Yeah. Uh, you found it. You you you, oh, yeah, you yeah, found yeah, the sound, yeah, and all yeah, of a sudden, yeah, 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 it was lights on. Oh, so good. <laughs> If anyone knows, remembers the beach, it where, was awesome. Where was it? I can't picture it. It's 8th Avenue between like, I would say 7th and 8th Street type okay. thing. There was okay. right next door to a parkade and hmm. it was crazy. Sweet. Yeah. So your buddies take you there. That's your regular haunt for. Yeah. yeah I was there for, I think a year and a half, two years type thing. And then Victor decided to open Republic. Were you working at the beach? Uh, no, you're just your party. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I wasn't of age. Okay. I don't think <laughs> minor detail. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't that far off. Like I was maybe underage for like, I don't know, a couple of months or whatever. Yeah. And then Victor decided to open Republic. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I love the beach, man. It's going to take a lot to drag me away from this place. Yep. And the Republic on ninth Avenue 516 9th Avenue Southwest. I remember it well. <laughs> we started going there and it was like they the beach had two for one. Mm -hmm. Republic had three for one. Victor doesn't piss around. Yeah, I know. It was uh <laughs> it was really cool and it was a cool room that had a great patio. Yep. And ended up going there. And then Were you still what were we doing for a job when you I were was still you're still working at the shirt okay, as a yeah. waiter? Okay. I was a waiter at this time and uh yep. And then one of the guys that was working there, Lee Berenger, he's like, where at Republic on ninth Ave. Okay. He's like, do you want a job? I'm just, like, just cause you're hanging out there all the time. Yeah. 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 Were like, you, were you a big dude back then uh, too? Oh, biggish. Like you're yeah, yeah, yeah. like oversized, like you're yeah, yeah, like yeah, thick yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Husky. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is Lee the GM there? Cause Lee hired uh, me at the embassy. Yeah. Well, no, Lee back in the day was. He was a bartender, just kind of a- Just around? There was there was like six people, eight people that worked there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. was an employee and he's like, do you want to work here? I'm like, mm, okay, maybe, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do this. I'll be a door, uh, door guy. That, yeah. That's what he offered you? Yeah. Okay. And was, you said yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you start working there for- I was working there part-time, still working part-time at the Sheraton. And yep. it was in the heyday, in the heyday. Like this is, this it is was, Republic to what? Like it was funny. I watched, uh, Rice's, uh, uh, commentary on the original Republic. And he yep. kept saying the 17th Avenue was the original mm -hmm. Republic. Right, right, it wasn't right. Ninth Avenue right, right, was right, the right, original right, right. Republic. And I, yeah, it was, uh, you had to walk up these narrow stairs and it was like this little small room and the DJ booth was up there and little small dance floor and then another bar up at the front. And then they had this beautiful patio that kind of overlooked downtown. Hmm. And it was uh, crazy. And it was alternative. It was back in the day, like when alternative was alternative, like mm -hmm. characters. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It was special. Like, mm -hmm. and, 
And was there a DJ? Was there? They have oh, D- yeah. So there's a DJ. There's a DJ yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember who it was? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dean. Oh, it's going to kill me for not remembering his name. Did he play forever? Did he play at the? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Blonde hmm. Dean. Come on, Kurt. <laughs> It'll come to you. Because <laughs> you come across a lot of DJs. Clay Hughes was one of the DJs. Yeah. Uh, Dean's going to kill me. Crazy. Dean was the DJ. He was the man. He DJ'd, DJ'd at a bunch of clubs around town and stuff, and he was awesome. Mm-hmm. So Well revered, for sure. So you get this cool job. Are you working like Friday, Saturdays, or what are you doing? Uh, I think like probably back then I was you know working full-time as a waiter and then two days a week working door yep. at Republic. Yep. Yeah. So this is, so you're pretty young when this, when you start working the door. Yeah. And, and then, so the Republic moves from the original ninth Ave location to 17th. You make the move, right? You're yep. still, you're still there. Yeah. 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 And how, and, and the difference between the two, I like, I didn't go, I didn't go to the original one. The one, the one just like right here. Yeah. 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 Were they, um, same idea, bigger, smaller. Uh, yeah. You know what? I think when Republic was on ninth Avenue, alternative was still sort of from that beach era and it was still super underground. Mm-hmm. And then when it hit 17th Avenue for the first couple of years, three years, it was still pretty underground and cool. Yep. Yeah. Alternative was still, you kind of had to know someone to know what was going on type thing or that's what. It, yep. What year was that? Wait, do you remember mm, ish when it, when it kind of went 17th? If I was a hazard guess, I'd say early nineties type thing. Okay. Cause I think. I remember seeing the, uh, when the Flames won the Stanley Cup, Yep, we were at 9th Avenue. Okay. So when we moved to uh, 17th Ave, it would have been early 90s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I started going there, so I was in grade 12 and 94, 17, and that summer, my buddy started dragging me there, and it was like eighty doubles on Thursdays before 10 o'clock or something. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I remember... Um, and the Republic was always a fun place, you know, crazy energy all the time. I didn't know you, but you were this big lurking dude at the door. There was back then there was big, big guys at the door. And, and it wasn't until years later that I started, I'm like, oh, that's the guy. So anyways, you've been, um, you were the face of that door for a lot of years. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a decade uh, no 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 early I, 90s I worked, like, I worked yeah i worked uh i worked the door for probably four years hmm. something like that okay. four or five years yep and uh then victor offered me the opportunity to be a bartender and i was like no i don't want to do that Duh. Why? <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> why did you? Why did you? Why do you not like, want to uh, go behind? I don't really know. Just, uh, it's just like I was having too much fun at the door, and I thought it was cool. And yeah. And then uh, the, here's here's funny. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna interject all over the place on you because it's really fun. Um, you ran you 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 ran a door for so long, and now the 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 crazy thing is in the middle of this pandemic, you have lineups that you're your business now and you know it's like it's like this it's all come full circle you know like you could really be hold a lineup at your current yeah, uh, yeah. at bow yeah and yeah. take when i went down there and saw this giant lineup i'm like 
this feels like I'm going to a nightclub again. You know, yeah. there's a, oh, yeah, for sure. there's a lineup. There's probably a back door I need to figure out. Like oh. <laughs> it's so weird. So you enjoyed being out there in the lineup versus going to the, you know, being behind the bar. Uh, no, you know what? Working the door was fun and cool and everything, but the transition to being a bartender was definitely the right move for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. It was way more fun. Yeah, totally. Cause you're, you're in the middle of it. You yeah. get, you get to, you get to see it out, out, outside yeah. is an interesting thing too. Cause you get to yeah. see, there's an energy out there. People, you know, there's, you can hear the music coming through the front door. Yeah. You know, there's people trying to talk to you and you're trying to do deals or whatever it is. But when you're behind the bar in the middle of the room, it's a different energy. Oh yeah. They're both super fun. Yeah. Like it was, I love both of them, man. And where did, um, where did Victor, where, where was your first bartending gig? Where did Victor want you to go? Uh, I ended up working the bar that would, would have been 17th Avenue closest to the patio. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, working bar with Lee Berenger. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, was a great spot. Was Alti yeah. there yet? Uh, Cam would have been right in there, right around there too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that guy, man. So, so Cam, um, a good friend of mine, Miles Nash, he knew Cam. So our way to get into the Republic was to get Cam, and Cam would come to the front door, probably talk to you, and then you know us four or five jokers would come in, and then Cam would feed us drinks. And I, I don't know how he did it, but it was. I don't know. It was like 10 bucks for 12 drinks. And, and we're just, we're 18. And this, <laughs> this dude's hooking us up at the bar. He's letting us in and, and it's Cam. So we go way back with Cam too. Cam is the nicest guy in the world. Yep. If you guys don't know Cam Alti, he is the best. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and to this day, you know, he's at the dome now running Absolutely. all the, all the booze yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same guy. Oh yeah. No, like you can is. see him. Well, I'm sure you've seen it at the games. Oh yeah. He treats you the exact same oh. way as he did at the Republic. He's a prince. Yep. I love that guy. Man. Super funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now you're behind the bar and this yep. is, this is a new, cause you know, the business scene right now is obviously heavy, heavy service. It's, I don't know if, if it's, it's all service. Yeah. But so now you're at the bar, you're almost kind of like cutting your teeth at the bar on the service side of things, you know, Absolutely. figuring, figuring out people and all that. So behind the bar is it feel you're comfortable now you can do this for a while. And then do you start bouncing around? Yeah. Yeah, I just, it was funny, like, I, you know, I didn't want to go be a bartender as a door guy, because I was having so much fun as a door guy. Yep. And then I was like, oh, I should probably try this. And then it was like, oh, I wish I did this sooner. Yep. And, uh, you know, moving forward, it just, you've met so many people. And mm -hmm. that was, yeah, so you've been. Did you like the interaction? Like oh, what, yeah. what was it? What was it that kind of drew you to it? That because you did it for a while, right? Like oh, yeah. I, I don't know Absolutely. when you. So I, uh, I started uh, the door, and then I worked at uh, the bar, and then I was at I think Republic for eight years, mm -hmm. so probably two or three years on the door, and then five years at the bar, and mm -hmm. then kind of was burning at Republic and then Victor opened Mercury and the original, the original. Mm -hmm. And so I was one of the first guys that worked at Mercury. No which way. Which was that, that place was, that was special, super special. Yeah. Super small. Yep. 
it was special. Yeah, it was, it was um it was and always you go you go there any any day. You go there for lunch and have the chicken penne. Like it was just there was always yeah, people yeah, there yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was such a it was such a cool room. It was funny, uh Brad Morrison when he was talking about looking out the front window on 17th Avenue, he goes, This is the best TV you're ever gonna see, man. Mm-hmm. And it was like mm-hmm. he was totally right. It mm-hmm. was like that is that when you met Brad for the first time? Yeah. Because uh, yeah, Brad yeah. was working in the kitchen? Uh yeah. Right? It yeah. was him and... Um, he was a chef. Uh, if you say his name, I'll know it. Uh, Troy. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. him and Troy are there, yeah, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then you're there. Who, yeah. else, who else was bartending when you got there? Uh, oh, I can ask. Davey, Davey Andrews. Okay. And... Uh, Dude, don't even... Red. Don't. Red. Oh. Oh. Crazy. I can picture these people. I just can't remember, like, when it all... Cause, uh, all of a sudden, there was some other... He's going to be angry that I can't remember his name. He'll remember. We got another 40 minutes. So you'll, it'll come to you. <laughs> and were you there like three days a week? Like this, Is this your full-time job? Yeah. And so I did, I did the same thing as you. I worked nightclubs for a decade, and that was my full-time job. And, the, and the, a lot of people, you know, once you're in the industry, it's normal, right? All the people you hang out with, it's what they do. But for the, for the outside world, it was, a, it was a weird situation. You know, you go to work on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, at like 7 o'clock, you get home at 4 o'clock. Yeah. You do that three days a week and you're done. Yeah. And the rest of the world is kind of trying to, either they're going to school, or they're working 9 to 5. And then all of a sudden it's you and, and your circle of, since you start hanging out with the guys that you work with all the time because you're on the same schedule. It's a different world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So now that you make me think about it i think when after when i was working at republic i started at both cycle oh yeah so i was like doing that and then so i was working full-time both cycle and part-time republic republic i transitioned to mercury and i, I think i was only there like one night a week i mm. think okay and uh and there just got to a point where I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Yep. yep. And, you know, back in the day, uh, both cycle, I was working six and seven days a week, like full pulls every day, which meant like 11 hours a day, every day, like, and just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. This is what we're doing. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know any better. Right. Like, so, I didn't know you started. It's been that long since you've been at bow. It's been. 93 when i started there so almost 30 years wow so well this is it's so now you know it's a totally different lane but how did you how do you even get a job at bow and what were you doing were you doing was it always sales or were you doing service you're never in the back were you uh don't ever let me touch your bike to try and fix it that's my advice to anybody i can change your tire might be able to fix a flat uh, no, I'm a talker. I'm a sales guy. Yeah, so basically what happened, uh, when I was working at Republic, I, you know, loved the idea of mountain biking and, you know, I had a Kuhara cascade mountain bike from Bowcycle, cycle. And then, uh, didn't, you know, I rode that for a few years and stuff. And then I got interested in mountain biking again and and then the Kona Kilauea was the mountain bike bike of the year mountain bike action <laughs> and uh Bo Cycle was the dealer for Kona actually I should rewind actually 
I bought a uh, a Concord from a Dynamic Cycle on Six Seventeenth Avenue. What's a Concord? Uh, like a like a mountain bike. A brand, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like yeah. a di- like was it like a Diamondback? Like just uh, basic a basic mountain bike, no no it suspension. Was like it was, yeah, it was fully rigid because back then suspension was just coming in to be a thing, mm-hmm. and the Cottoms Tory and Leah, more Leah, Leah. Uh, they took super good care of me mm-hmm. and I bought this Concord mountain bike and it was awesome. <laughs> Thought it was awesome. So how do you even, you know, what got you interested in mountain biking? Did uh, you have friends that I just did think, it? I just think I was into the BMX and right. I don't know, maybe a magazine caught my eye yep. or something like that. But like, were you hardcore into mountain biking? No, or you're no, just, no, no, you no, just no, knew no, you wanted no, a bike? Yeah, I just so wanted a bike. mess around. Like, I thought they looked pretty cool. Okay, and, okay. And then I rode the Concorde for a couple of years and the needle went further in the arm and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I need a, a better, no, you're good. You're uh, better good. mountain bike. And, uh, and mountain bike action had this Kona Kilauea. It was mountain bike, bike of the year. And both cycle had those, right? <laughs> By the way, how do you remember this? Is it really, I, it, does this, because you can remember these bikes, does it make all the sense in the world to what you're doing today? Like it, they were that, it was such a thing for yes, you? Yes and no. Mm. Like if it was something that was actually worthwhile remembering, it'd be awesome. But yep. just, <laughs> it's, but, it's not. <laughs> but, but not to me it is maybe, <laughs> but, but, but nobody else probably, right? There's a lot of bikers out there that can do, that yeah, are going yeah, yeah, to say, go, oh yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So BoCycle was a dealer for Kona. I went and talked to Bryce Sipthorpe and got the Kilauea mm-hmm. and which probably big probably a big spend ish oh, right? yeah, it, 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 it was a commitment it was, it was second from top line yep nice bike mm-hmm. and uh you know we customized it got the new rock shock rs1 it's a nice bike man. awesome and, and 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 did you ride the hell out of it or was this like a like a uh, weekend warrior kind of thing you know what i think relatively i rode the hell out of it yep but i didn't mountain bike the shit out of it Mm -hmm. i didn't really know like i didn't drive to the mountains and ride it in the mountains every weekend but i rode it a lot or what i thought was a lot Mm -hmm. back in the day Mm -hmm. and uh it was super good bike and Mm -hmm. super fun and Mm -hmm. i had a blast and rode it to the ship and anchor A lot. <laughs> now that makes sense. And I can remember the route coming down 10th Street and yeah, <laughs> drilling it. It was super fun. So how long did you, so that's when you first, first time in Debo? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew of BoCycle in the past and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I know. I don't think I bought a. Well, I bought my Kuhara Cascade from those guys a million years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, bought the the Kilaway and and I was like working in the bar, and I knew it was taxing the bar it's a hard industry, life. right? And yep. uh, a lot of fun, but it was taxing, mm-hmm. and I was kind of thinking, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do school wise, so I was like looking for a potentially healthier. Yep. road right yep. and so you know i knocked on the door at bocycle and didn't really hear anything back for the first year and then you know the owner at the time i circled back with him i'm like hey i'm still interested and yep. so he decided to bring me on and 
That was it. Thirty was years it. later, yeah, yeah, you haven't yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. Would you, you know, as you're working the nights and, and whether you're just starting down a bow, was school still in your brain? Like, were you thinking like I should go oh, to yeah. school because everyone else is? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, or, or the, absolutely. Yeah, those cliche things, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, yeah, you have yeah, to go to school yeah. to have a, oh, yeah, 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 to get further hit. Blah, blah. For sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, in talking, I don't even really know what the years are or whatever, yep. but. Uh, you know, I took a year of petroleum engineering mm. and then, well, a year and a half of petroleum engineering and that uh, didn't work out. It's and like, then uh, I took a year of operations management at SATE mm. and uh, it was just never so the spot trying. for me, man. You were I trying. I was trying. I, was, I wanted to have that and it just never stuck, man. And But that was such a thing back then, you know. Absolutely. It, just like... Here's your here's your, education is your path. It is potentially the only path. Yeah. In today's world, it's, it's still important. I you know I went I went to Mount Royal three times, dropped out three times because I thought it was a good idea for sure. But exactly then, the same. It's and but it's just it's not for everybody. But it's not for everybody. And I bless the people's heart that know that at the outset and yeah. they just go, yeah. this is my path, yeah. and I'm going to forego this path and go this path yep and it was uh for me it was weighed heavy on my heart like yep did you have any i never felt yeah it was a tough one man absolutely it, I, I agree and, and i didn't i don't know if you how how it worked in your house but i didn't get there wasn't like a hard pressure to go to school but there was definitely it was definitely the thing to do and it was definitely strongly suggested that you go down this path, but Absolutely. I just, just, it wouldn't work. And, <sighs> and, and it is frustrating. And there's, there's the years where you're like, man, what am I going to do with my, you know, what am I going to yeah, do with yeah, my life? For sure. Which oh, is, yeah. which is unsettling. Oh, it, it weighed heavily on me for still weighs heavily on me. You know what I mean? Like mm. I'm, I think I'm okay now, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, for many years, it was like, yep. it was a burden of weight yep. on my shoulders, for my sure. mind that yep. was always there. Yep. So, so they finally gave you a job at Bo. So I got the job at Bo. Selling bikes like I, a crazy selling man. Selling bikes. And, you know, mountain bikes are on that and things are going well. And, you know, I'm there, I'm working and I'm, you know, the owner at the time is like not really saying too much to me about what I'm doing and mm -hmm. how I'm doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So finally I set him down. I'm like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> am I any good at this or what's going on? And he's like, yeah, you're actually, you know, ahead of sales, uh, versus Fransky and stuff. I'm like, Oh, okay. Wicked. Right. Fransky's and, like an OG. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, I knew enough people from the bar industry that, all these people came to see me because they trusted me and mm -hmm. felt they could, you know, I would steer them in the right direction. And yep. But that was a big piece of it, right? Oh, absolutely. From you working, know. from working in the nightclub for, and, and being a regular, like a normal dude. Cause in the nightclub, there's a bunch of crazy people. Yeah. You were a normal guy. So you're making all these kind of, over thousands of people in a month would see you. Oh, you'd yeah. interact with like thousands of people. And then it starts transferring into, yeah. they find you. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I, uh, when I, when I started working at Bo Cycle and I got to be f 
good friends with uh, a, one of the mechanics there, Eric Ireland. He was a pretty recluse, kind of a uh, pretty straight shooter. And then he decided he liked coming out to the Mercury. And so we used to hang out at the Mercury a little bit. And he's like, I can't believe how many people come up and talk to you. And, you know, they want to know about bikes. And I'm just like, yeah, well, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, you're always on. I'm like, yeah. That, that was a start. Because yeah. you fast forward to today. It is the exact same thing, but on steroids now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a. <laughs> but like, it's it's fascinating for me to, for me to put to to hear about all these blocks, all these building blocks of you know you're kind of doing these things that feel comfortable and good, and then all of a sudden they lead to where it is you are, you know, for the last many years. But they didn't at the time. They didn't mm-hmm. seem to me like the mm-hmm. obvious building blocks that they were. Right? It yep. was just just being me, kind yeah. of going. Yep. You know, but people, you know, people are attracted to you, right? You're easy to talk to. They, and they remember you. And next thing you know, they, when you're selling bikes, it's, it's a, and they've trusted you serving drinks and, you know, letting them in. And it's a, it's, it, re, it makes a lot of sense to be oh, yeah. a sales guy, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a blessing and a curse, man. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. cause you're always on. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't change it. No. Like it's just the way it is yeah that's what you instead of um instead of having like engineer doctor blood and you know like this is your path yeah, yeah you yeah. got you got this thing yeah yeah oh yeah you know, you know what i mean oh yeah i've made this <laughs> <laughs> this monster <laughs> awesome so down a down at bow um what 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 are the because you know there's a bunch of different moments down there you know like yep um whether he's transitioning into management whether it's moving the shop like how long you know are you just are you you doing the sales for a while and then where does it kind of where do things start creeping to go a different path uh so basically at at the shop i you know always a little bit of a whatever fashion sense so Mm -hmm. i got to be the clothing buyer at the store as well as you know the sales manager yep and then, uh, you know, the original owners wanted to transition and they wanted to sell the business to myself and my current partners. So was that, um, before the new building went up? Uh, yeah. So before the, before yeah. the new building went up, yeah, 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 th- this yeah, yeah. was the transition was starting to be Correct. formulated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We bought the business when it was still 6531. And the new store is 6501. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And how many years were you at Bow before ish, before this trans, you know, this kind of group ownership idea came 12 up? 12 years. Oh, so it was a while. Something like that. Yeah. And dur- sure. yeah. during that time, was it, um, did you know that you had found your spot? Did you feel like, uh, or did you feel like you were somewhere that this could turn into like the career? No, it was just, it was just every years were going by, you were working and yeah, it was a job and you know, I enjoyed it and we had a really good time Yep, and I didn't think of it as a career, like forever, ever thing type thing. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, the original owner one day said he was thinking about, you know, selling and, you know, he thought that a certain group within the business would be good owners moving forward. And yep. 
And and what did that feel like? Did it feel like I was like, oh shit, this is well, this is this is a thing. This could happen. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay, yeah, great. Did you have any? You know, as you, you know, working somewhere for 12 years as an employee is a long, you know, as a stretch, right? It's a, it's a long time. Did you have any inclination to do your own thing or to, or to try something uh, else or? That's a great question. No, not really. Like you like just, I didn't have the cojones to start my own thing, man. Yep. No, I just, I think to open a bike shop in Calgary you know, you need, there has to be, there had to have been, A, you need money. Yep. And then it's like, you need to have access to good lines, be it a, a specialized, a Cannondale, a track, a giant, uh, yep. right? But mm-hmm. those were pretty nailed down by yep. the existing dealership network, right? Yep. So to try and build a brand and open a new store and I just didn't. Yeah, just wasn't there. We talked about it, but you did. Mm, yeah, just a couple guys. But yep, just never. No, nah. <laughs> I wasn't ready to take that risk. Yep, put all out there. Yeah. So, so this opportunity pops up, <clears throat> and instantly you're like, "Okay, oh yeah, I'm sure. here. I'm I'm now in this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like we, you know, both cycle had been around for since 1957 mm-hmm. right so and we had good lines so mm-hmm. we had kona specialized cannondale uh you know cervello yep a bunch of great lines so yep so it made sense yeah instantly yes you were like all right i gotta figure this out but we're i'm uh, in yeah no there was yeah absolutely i'm in yep. let's go yep like yeah for sure like the original owners he didn't really they didn't have to really do anything they were already kind of Yep. You know, there's a good team in place. Because yeah, the the second layer below him was in place with uh John Fransky, Daryl Daryl Elliott, uh, you know, and our accountant Dave mm-hmm. Leung. Mm-hmm. Those guys were basically running the show mm-hmm. essentially with myself. Yep. So the transition was seamless, in my opinion. Yep. Right? Yep. So and then from there, it's been a crazy ride. How how would you explain um, the minute you become an owner, a part of the ownership team, what, what changes? Like what, what in your head or your life changes? Is, is it just everything times a hundred or what is it? Uh, well, yeah, we got super fortunate, no question about it, because we went from this smaller store. Yep. Right. Which I love that. I used to sell hockey oh, gear. Man. Right. Right. That, Back in the day. But like, even, I, when I started, <laughs> I, sh- I sharpened screwed up some people's skates Come on. oh yeah absolutely. downstairs because no, on the main floor no way oh yeah yeah like that's and we and we sold like fitness gear like treadmills and stuff when i first started it was horrible so then fast forward to now we're in the current building just a bike shop yep and they built this the original owners built this new mm-hmm. building that was like 10 times the size mm-hmm. of the existing building and Calgary's economy was healthy. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, 2012 or whatever it was, 2011. Yep. And all of a sudden you got this big venue. That's a specific 
bike shop built to be a bike shop mm -hmm. economy's cranking mm -hmm. cycling is a positive you know thing and took off Goes. man yeah that's great that um before before we get to the new place the old the old place had such a unique character to it oh yeah no doubt about it was just Oh, yeah. Like, I can't remember the, if it was like carpet going oh, up yeah. to the stairs in the back. Say, yeah, the shitty carpet. Yeah, but was... and once you got up there, you're just looking oh, yeah, at all yeah, these yeah. fancy bikes oh, and yeah. the tags on them and like, oh, oh my yeah. God, this is a $7,000, a $5,000 bike, oh, yeah. which is mind altering back then. Walking upstairs. Oh yeah. I mean, I was the same as a, as a customer. Like I used mm -hmm. to go up there and just like, oh, mm -hmm. awesome. It was just. It was suspension. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was, and you know, the new shop is a monster, but it still has, you know, everything upstairs is a different, like it's kind of, it's the same idea just on steroids, obviously, but yeah. the difference between the two shops, like, can you even, the original was, it just had this feeling uh, to it. You know what? It was, uh, oh, for sure. It was super, um, uh, personal, it was smaller, right? Mm. It was, uh, more intimate for yeah, sure. That's what right? I was just like, gonna say. uh, yep. you know, there was 20 people that worked there, mm -hmm. you know, at the new store. It's <laughs> more than that pre, uh, you know, pre COVID like 140 people. So mm -hmm. it's different for sure, but we're still trying to keep that. It, it feels yeah. yeah, yeah the absolutely. staff are good. And, you yeah, know, you yeah, can walk in there, you get yeah, great yeah. customer service, like all those pieces. Yeah. That original one is just, you know, bikes hanging that you're oh, yeah. kind of like almost walking oh, yeah, yeah, under because yeah, yeah. they're at your head. Like it was just, yeah, it's a really cool space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so when you take it to the new the new place, is it um, you know, it it feels like this is your thing now. Like are, those thoughts in the past of like, what else is out there? Should I be doing? You know, are those all now done? Are you like confident? Oh, yeah, no, this like, is in. This I'm is in, it. man. Like cool. for sure. This is my. You know, I'm there almost thirty years now. Yep. You're way in. Yeah. So the other, um, the piece that, the, the piece that not a lot of people know about that I was, I stumbled across was your, your passion of biking and, and when, and when, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no, he's giving me hand gestures and I can't. <laughs> What I, what I, where I'm angling towards, and it's just the, your true, pa like this newfound or your, your commitment to biking. Something's changed in the last little while. And I'm, I'm really curious to understand what, where your head went. I think it was, I've always been a cyclist and enjoyed it. Uh, but the past five years, I think it's when I joined Strava. It's kind of a weird one that sort of clicked the switch, the, the, the switch. And, uh, I, I needed to ride every day and, and I try and ride every day now. And it was, you know, I didn't really have goals before, but now I have goals of mm -hmm. how far I want to ride and yep. I'm not competitive, but I want to just with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think, um, you know, Strava, do you think it's the, you know, being a competitive person, having that in your DNA or just, or is it a check and balance for yourself or is it's it a just check and balance? I'm not a, I don't need to race. I'm not a, yep. I just want to put miles in. It's you. Yeah. It's all you. Yeah. And, and there wasn't, there was no, there was no reason. Like there was, you know, you probably wrote a lot over the years. I've kind of caught up with you in the last 
three maybe to see what's actually happening but something like it's a it's a big commitment indeed it's a like a passion commitment torture everything all together but it's it's important oh, like yeah. it's no, the, i have to it's it's mental as much as physical right yep yeah and do you find that um do you find that you know just riding the riding community you know does everyone does does Bo become this like even bigger community when you're kind of you know, you can be a salesperson and, and not do the thing, or you can, you know, be a salesperson and really participate in the sport. And it just feels like, you know, the amount of clicks you're putting on and the, and the passion you have, it's got to spill off into, you know, some, I just, I just want to be, I want people to look at me and go, holy fuck, Kurt is riding that much. Mm -hmm. Look at that guy. He's, 50 yeah. and mm -hmm. broaden the kilometers that he is right? crushing it. Yeah. It's a, you know, what's interesting for me is, um, I just got, I got back into cycling a couple of years ago and obviously came down and saw you and, and what's cool for me is to, you're exactly right. When people watch to see the numbers going up, yeah, it's inspiring. Oh yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, I love hearing that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, yeah. you know, dude like me that really doesn't ride, you know, all that much or, you know, over, over the years. Um, yeah, it's it's a it definitely is um, a thing. Uh, you talked about earlier about getting the needle, and you know I have the needle now too. And to, I, I feel the same way as you do. Is it's not a competition. I don't look at it as you know I'm trying to prove something. It's it is a check and a balance for me. Indeed, it's um it's that just being active. You know, at, at as we get older and just trying to stay healthy. This this is the thing that allows us to stay healthy, and that's that's really all it is. For me, it's uh, setting a goal, I think, and just trying to get as far as I can within a year. Do you, and, and it's... Uh, you do set them? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Uh, well, I do, yeah, absolutely. Same as last year? What, what's the number this year? Uh, I, I, had to, I had to ask. I don't really... You don't want to say it? Don't, say, don't, it. don't well, say it. Don't say it. No, don't say it. No, no, don't say it. Don't, no, don't say it. You have a number in your head. North of 20. Okay. And, uh, Which is totally good. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, again, to go back, it's like I need to do it physically because mm -hmm. I like beer mm -hmm. and I like being under 220 pounds <laughs> and mentally I need it for sure. And I do like the you know, seeing people who follow me on Strava or whatever, just customers yep. see how yeah. far did you ride that last year? It's mm -hmm. like, well, mm -hmm. quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Just uh, keeping it real, yep. right? And uh, it's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's and, and it's such a. I really, you know, as a, as a customer, as a friend, like it's. It, 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 it works on both sides, you know, as a customer, I know that you understand, you know, how important biking is. And when people come in to talk to you and they're make, you know, for me, I made a big purchase from me a couple of years ago. And you you know that, like, I know that you appreciate that and you're going to steer me down the right path, which yeah, is, yeah. which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, the peace of mind that comes from riding is, is what's been fascinating for me. Oh yeah. How it's just, you can have, you can get a lot sorted. Oh yeah. On those rides. Oh yeah. So whether it's a 50, a 50 K and you're riding like the amount of stuff you can work through your brain. And when you get off your bike, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Things feel pretty good. There's definitely some clarity. Yeah, that comes with it for sure. And it's, it sounds so cheesy, but when I try to explain it to people, like if I'm trying to explain Zen, yep. go ride your bike and mm. you don't have to just, you don't have to go mountain biking. You don't have to go yep. do centuries. You can ride 50K, 30K, 40K. Yep. Just go ride your bike. And totally. I think that cadence, that consistent cadence, is zen like it's it's a, i agree yeah i think if you're a runner you get that runner's high type thing mm-hmm. and i'm sure that to me i assume that that's the high i get from yep turning pedals do you find my girlfriend's gonna probably uh she's probably yelling she's gonna agree with this wholeheartedly the days you don't ride is your temperament different oh yeah yeah oh absolutely if i don't ride i'm something's off right the, yeah. the, the day just has a different spin to it. You know, there's kind yeah. of, there's a, something missing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is yeah. It, it's weird to take days off. Yep. It's, uh, but it's weird to have to ride every day at the same time. I get that. Mm-hmm. But for me, if I take a day off, it's like, yeah, you're a little tweaked, right? And yeah. Something, something's off. And I think it's that, mean, yeah. That Zen state. Oh yeah. You know, when you ride that often, you with when you when you're with yourself yeah. for those amount of kilometers yeah, and yeah. those hours, it's it's kinda it's necessary when you have lead a busy life, which yeah. um that's why I think those days off they they're unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I so I, like I think last year I took uh thirty six days off mm-hmm. total out of the year for so it's heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when you, when you bought your first bike, you know, could you ever have pictured where you are today with the, no, with the passion? Not, no, it's not even no, like you, there's no, no way you can connect yeah, any yeah, dots. Yeah, yeah. This is no doubt. No way. So, you know, in the last, in the last, um, you know, when you got Strava and it flipped before that, was it just, you know, a commuter bike to the ship or just kind of messing around a little bit? And uh, then- I think pre Strava, you know, I, th- I thought I rode a lot. I was probably, you know, four, 6,000 K a year type thing, which is riding. It's, it's serious. Not too bad. Yeah, right? yeah. And, uh, but I think just having that, be able to see it every day and mm. watch it accumulate. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I had a, a cat eye computer that showed me yep. how far I rode and I thought it was a lot. Right? Yep. Yep. But I think Strava just, you have people that follow you and you, Yep. Checks and balances and totally people pump your tires and yep. It's healthy. Yeah. It is healthy for it's, sure. It's a, it's, it's a, a co- it's a good thing. Yeah. It was, uh, my buddy, Sean Bunnan, he actually, actually was the other guy that said, you need to get onto Strava. I'm like, uh, I don't, I ride for me, man. And, mm-hmm. and then when I finally got on, it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Here we I go. Was totally missing out. <laughs> <laughs> and were you always on road bikes? Or, or uh, you, you, I th- you're, you have you have a wide swath of bikes. Yeah. Let's we'll leave it at that. But yeah. you know, when you're doing four to six, you're on a, you're on a road bike, or are you kind of split in time between mountain bikes and road bikes back then. Uh, mostly road bikes, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, I have mountain bikes, but they're basically bike path cruisers. So yeah, yeah. I don't go like 
I hate driving to ride my bike. Me too. So Why to is go that? to Bright Creek and to drive 45 minutes to Bright Creek, ride for an hour, drive 45 minutes. I'm just not, I don't have time, right? Like it's, uh, mm. my life is busy. I got kids and business to run and, yep. and honestly, mountain biking is hard. Yep. Like it's, and you got to think about what you're doing. Road cycling is just kind of lock in, tune out. And yeah, turn pedals. Yep. I do love mountain biking when I do it. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that driving, that driving to a parking lot and then pulling your bike off and going right. It's just a time thing. I feel, I feel the exact same. It just feels, it feels very awkward to think about doing that. Yeah. Time is super precious. So I just, I want to leave from my front door. Yep. Click in. Yep. Pedal for three hours. Mm -hmm. Come back. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um yeah, like like I said earlier, man, it's, it's hard, hard to explain. It, it it is, but it's also um I think the reason it's kind of tricky is because it you really have to go in. You have to start really thinking about what it is that it does for you, which is kind of a could be an awkward place to go to. Oh yeah. But, but I think once you get into the rhythm, it's every day you just yeah. you just okay, when am I gonna do this? Like Right. Which is tricky. To your point, it's a big time commitment. You know, if you're yeah, riding yeah. two to three hours a day, it's... I ride in the morning a lot yeah. before my kids go to school and... Mm-hmm. Which is, um, I do the same thing, obviously not at nearly the scale, but that early morning thing, I think also just sets your day up, you know, it just... Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, un, it's unbelievable what, what you feel like when there's nobody else around you and you've rode for a couple hours and you're done and, you're, and you're, your day is, you know, people are just waking up. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and you're you're done. Like, oh, you it, feel great. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah. So you you got me onto Strava too, and I was I felt the same way as you. I was like, eh, I don't need it. I got nothing to prove. What I didn't realize that it's just a oh, it's, it's, just it's for me. Super, it's all for me. Yeah, it's just super motivating and just keeping keep track of your, what you're doing. And yep. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. Um, well, this has been uh, this has been a cool one. Um, we could talk snowboarding. We talk about a lot of different things, but that would take this show way over. It's a, a lot of time period. Um, the show is called the Calgary Sessions. There's only one one canned question for the show, and and it is, when I say the word Calgary, where does your head go? You know, you told me to think about this, <laughs> and it's my home. I grew up here, right, and. I think of all my friends, associates that I've met through Calgary and the quality of people and what a great city it is and what it's brought to me. It's super special, man. Yep. Just every every year of my life in Calgary has been over the top cool and yep. the the cool people that I've met, like Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I could l- go on literally go on for days of all the great people that have made my life awesome and super fun and yep. super fun. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a special place. It's a super special place. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, I think, you know, for me, you know, our, I worked in the, in the nightclub scene for a while and it's just, and now, you, you know, you did too, you're in the biking world and it's just these circles, you know, these circles always cross and it's just, 
And it seems like good people just keep on, you know, your world just keeps on moving and just good people come in and out. Like it's just, it's such a, if you do good things, it seems like good people just kind of find you and, and your world and Calgary just like embraces it. It's oh, just, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's everything for me, man. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's fun to ask the question because everyone has their own version, but it's always the same. You know, if we're yeah. born, born and raised in Calgary, there's something super special about this place. It's friends, family, you know, my word is just, it's everything, you know, like. Well, yeah, I don't, uh, it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to leave. And I don't know if I want to be here forever. You want to go to a beach or what do you want to do? Oh, I, Maybe somewhere warmer at some point, man. <laughs> like, I still love snowboarding. Do you think? But could, I love cycling, so. Could you, like, could you live in, in Maui, like, all year and ride there? Mm, no, I don't think so. Overseas? That's, Would you go to, like, uh, Italy, could, Spain? and just... I could, Europe's pretty cool, man. I do love Europe. And you could ride, like. Yeah. I don't know. I love Canada. Yeah. I love Calgary. Yeah. Vancouver, maybe I don't. Maybe know. my in-laws are there, so yeah. Who knows? That's way down, way down the yeah, road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> you got lots of kilometers <laughs> left. <laughs> I'm good in Calgary, riding in the snow down here. No problem. That's the uh, that's the best thing, you know. I I knew you were gonna ride. I was just like, well, he really is riding. <laughs> <laughs> I got fenders and booties. I'm good. So good, man. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time. It's uh, I know how valuable it is to you, and I really appreciate yeah, you, you doing pleasure, this for me. Man. Yeah, it's uh, super cool, and I think what you're doing is awesome. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, good one. I'm sure we'll see you on the pass soon. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs>